all got dreams, we all want things But what you gonna do for it, how you gonna move for it, what you gonna be And do you believe, you can do anything But what you gonna do for it, how you gonna move for it, what you gonna be We pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land The Wondry people of the Kulin Nation Thank you for your Mother Earth, the place where we learn, play and grow. We promise to do our very best to protect our Mother Earth. We understand if we look after the country, then the country will look after us. Woo! Well, thank you very much for coming. I much appreciate the drive that you've done this morning. So, yeah, thanks again. It's great to see you. Great to see you too. Thanks for having me up here. No problem at all. And yeah, let's, get, let's get into it. I'd like to start off with, what's your very first food memory? Ooh. That's a good question. First food memory. Um, well, I think of, well, I think my, maybe my first like memorable dining experience. I was, I think it was probably like my 12th or 13th birthday. And my parents took me to this, an old school French restaurant with the table side service and, you know, the white gloves, the everything. I've never seen or experienced anything like that, the whole hospitality side of things. So that memory always sticks out to me when I think about food and probably started my love for food um, in a professional way. Yeah, yeah. So when they, you know, we had the, the Chateau Brion, they come to the table and they carve it in front of you and they plate it up and they got the veggies and this and that. And I love Chateau Brion. It was, it was amazing. And then my parents had the, the Cafe Diablos to finish dinner. So they've got like the orange peel with a all the alcohol on fire going down into the glasses and it was just really really amazing it where kinda, was that that was in vancouver i don't think it's open anymore yeah i can't remember the name of the place yeah, exactly yeah. but yeah that just that memory of the service and and a dining experience is probably it's coming back more and more that yeah I that think, style of table side on instagram even in the last few weeks i've seen the crepe suzettes quite yeah. a few times you know the way to fold in them and flambe in and all the yeah I, I think more and more it's always been it's never gone completely but it's definitely like it really pulled back with like silver service and all you know it really started coming all the way back to yeah. the plating up on the plate and all that but I definitely see like steak tartare getting made table side Caesar salads get or some sort of salad Caesar salads getting made table side yeah and it's that excitement and that interaction definitely. it's not just dropping a plate of food down at the table and you know say a couple of words about it it, it also shows off the skill and the professionalism of of the servers and the front of house staff, which Absolutely. often gets overlooked, I think. I agree. And it really is, it really pulls back that theater. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the experience, like exactly what you're saying, the experience, not just the food. The food is great, but just that experience is, you, you know, you talk about it 40 years, 30 years later, don't mean to age you. <laughs> you talk about it years and years later, yeah. right? You're not, you're not talking about what the soup was like or whatever else it was like. You're talking about the, presenting this and carving this yeah. at the side of the table and I think it's a, a, a Paul Bacuse that does the chicken inside the bladder is it the bladder yes. yeah, yeah 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 I actually got to have that a few weeks ago oh did you yes yeah so yeah, that, yeah they, they bring it out the the bresse chicken stuffed with truffles which is a bra which is a bresse chicken is the um, the, the black-footed the, it's like the the breed of France yes. isn't it yeah is yeah. that that particular breed of chicken? It's got black feet, and it's it's just an amazing 
chicken. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they stuff it with the truffles under the skin and they put it in the, the pig's bladder and they, it's the, the old school way of cooking it in the bag almost. Like yeah, it just steams Modern sous vide almost. <laughs> old school sous vide. Old school sous vide. Yeah. And they, it comes out to the table and, you know, you've got the bladders and they, they pop the bladder. What's that smell like? What's that aroma oh, like? Oh, just the, yeah, it's beautiful. The chicken and the truffles and everything and it just comes out and they, and they're carving it table side. So they open the bladder, they get the chickens out, they carve it table side, they put it, they sauce it, the veggies, like it's all there, the skill and the technique from both sides. It was, it was just amazing. Yeah. Is it sat on hay? Is it sat on hay? I don't know. Maybe it's not. I'm not, I just, I'm just, I've never it been, I've be. never, I think I just, it's like in like a copper pan or something sat on yeah. hay or something. I don't know. Yeah. Just like, again, that comes, that, that changes from like, um, it's almost a bit different as in as opposed to like presentation as opposed to like um plating up you know you've seen the swipes and you've seen the forms and you see whatever it might be yeah. different styles of plating up where this is more the plating up is is not really you know obviously they carve it nicely and the plate it on the yeah. on the plate nicely in the sauce it but there's no like the flair and all that is in the is, is in the carving the presentation, the, the presentation of it yeah, before yeah. it even gets on the plate exactly yeah 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 the actual like if I just turned up and give you that meat on a plate with a sauce without that bit behind... Yeah, you would... look at it and you go, well, that's not very impressive. Yeah, you know, that's, exactly. Um, but you've, you've watched it all happen in front of you for the yeah. last five minutes and you know it's all the work that's gone into it as exactly. well. Exactly. And how many tables would you say were having that? Well, I think because it's one of his signature dishes, almost every Everyone. table yeah, is that's having a, that's, it. <laughs> exactly, that's what, I, that's what I thought. You I, go to you go to these these restaurants that's a once in a lifetime opportunity for for most people, and you know you want to have the dishes that you've read about. Yeah. Um, as chefs, you know, caviar and pearl. Is it uh, caviar? The uh, oysters and pearls at the French Laundry. You yes. know? Yeah, yeah, oysters. Yeah. You know, they've all got their own yeah. thing, haven't they? Yeah. And the the. What was it? The the truffle soup um, with the puff pastry. Oh yeah, yeah, Paul yeah, Bacuse. Well. Yeah, yeah, where they yeah. seal it on. We yeah. actually did a function back in England with some friends who, you, uh, sorry, at a restaurant I used to work at, who used to work for him, and, and the um, they did that dish for a for a garland dinner. Actually, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal. All them classic. Yeah. So when you get to go to these places and have these meals, it's you see it. You finally get to go there. Of course, you're going to have these signature dishes, like absolutely. And, and they, must they, sell they so didn't many disappoint. Them. But yeah, I think that's the majority of what they sell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, right, you in France? Why were you in France? Let's let's get into that. All right. So I was in France because I was the 2023 candidate for Bocuse d'Or Australia. So. Um, so what is Bocuse d'Or? The Bocuse d'Or is a competition that started by the French chef. Paul Bocuse, I think in 1987, mm. um, but don't uh, yeah quote round me on about that. that. Um, so it's in held, the 80s. In was, the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so it's held every two years, and it's um, the top 24 countries in the world compete in the finals. Well, you, if you, you've got to get to the top 24. So you have to get to the top 24. That, so. Uh, well, basically, the competition is you get a couple key ingredients, and you have to present them to the judges. Um, but going back a few steps, so every country has regional qualifiers. So Australia is having theirs. Our next one is on the 30th of April, oh, which is going to be held at Fine Food Australia. Okay, so it starts like straight away yeah. after. Yeah. So okay. it's a two-year 
It's a two-year competition. So yeah. you do your, your national selection and you just start training straight away. And then, so every country would do that. And then you have the Asia Pacific, Australia is in the Asia Pacific qualifying. So there's Asia Pacific, there's the Americas, there's the African, and there's the European. So there's four sets of qualifying. And each one has a different amount of countries and then a different amount go through. So yeah. I think Asia Pacific has about 12 countries and the top five go through to the finals. So we, uh, when I competed, we made it in the top five in Asia Pacific. So who else was in that top five? I believe in that top five was, well, there was us, China, Japan, um, I don't know. Yeah, okay. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. been a, it's yeah, been a it's while been a since while. that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, and then, then you go to the finals yeah. in France. So there's the top 24 countries from all the qualifiers yeah. competing over two days. So you got 12 teams on the first day and 12 teams on the second day. And then the oh, structure okay. is you get, they give you a key ingredient that you need to showcase and you need to showcase the country that you're representing. Did you know that key ingredient before you got there? Yes. Yeah. So they announced them staggered. So I think the, the first key ingredient that we had to use was monkfish, Scottish monkfish. Yeah, nice. With um, king scallops and mussels. Nice. So, and they give you a certain criteria. So we had to use the monkfish and the scallops presented on the platter with two garnishes. And when I say garnishes, they're little kind of canapé bite-sized pieces that are vegetable-based. Yeah. And then we had to do the mussels with a grain endemic of the region and... A grain? A grain, a grain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of this region or that? Or, or that or of the country that you're representing. So Australia, for yeah, instance. Yeah, for us yeah. it was obviously Australia. Yeah. And, France would use something different yeah, and Iceland it. would use something So you something have to take different. that with you? You have to take it with you. Right, okay. And then, and a crouton. So that was the criteria for that dish and we found that out I think about six months before the competition. Cool. So once you find out what you're doing and that's really go time and you start conceptualizing and practicing and testing different ideas and presentations and And, and what's flavors. your thought process around that? Are you thinking classic are you thinking we you know with a great you said a grain right you said yeah. a, are you thinking like you know can we turn that into a into a flower to turn into a such and so are you trying like are you trying to do all these kind of things or are you what like what's your thought thought process around that it's uh it's a bit of both it's yeah, it's okay. kind of all of that you want to you want to showcase technique it's it's always good to give show them something that they haven't seen before whether it's a different kind of flavor profile or technique or you know when when they're eating something, they go, oh, how did they make that? They're asking you questions as well. Are you pre they, do you present it? Or? No, but uh, you've got the menu and, right. and it gets presented like there. And there's an explanation and got stuff it. like that. So, but, you know, even as a chef, when you go into a restaurant, you eat something, you go, oh, that's really nice. Like, yeah. how did they make that? Yeah, yeah. I want to know how they did it type thing. Yeah. So being able to do that is always a benefit. You know, you've got the best, best chefs in the world. Yeah judging and tasting your food it's um always good to to give them something interesting as well so you try ask you one more that. question on yeah. that sorry and i'm going to ask you millions of questions <laughs> but so so what are you doing 
Scottish monkfish here? Like, are you just using an, a substitute or? Yeah, so that's one of the difficulties for Australia and, yeah. and a, quite a few of the other countries involved because it is such a um, European-based competition. Yeah. We, and we have other challenges that, that they don't have. So it makes it a little bit more difficult for us. Yeah. But um, in the end, we were able to get some monkfish imported. Right. So we started training with some kind of substitutes that, you know, you can just practice with and get the shapes and different ideas yeah. um, until you get the actual product. And then, you know, then you do some actual testing as to what temperature it needs to be cooked at and how it's going to react and how it's going to pick it's up the shrinkage or whatever, especially with monkfish, it's on the bone and things like that. It does yeah. peel back sometimes on the and bone. And that's the, that's the thing is, and you go through different, different ideas, like, do you want to cook it on the bone? And you don't know what, it, how it's going to react until you actually have the monkfish. Yeah. So you can't just use a, a different fillet of fish or a different type of fish if you're going to try and cook it on the bone. Mm. If you're going to use a fillet of monkfish, you can substitute a fillet of something else for a stand-in while you do some practicing if you can't get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just certain things you need the actual ingredients for. And, and for us, it was difficult to get it. We got some in the end and it was extremely expensive. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's part of what we need to do for the competition is because yeah. you have to use the ingredients that <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> you know yeah. you don't want to show up in France and never have cooked a piece of monkfish. <laughs> Definitely not facts for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Monkfish used to be like um, like a real like bottom of the bottom of the ladder yeah. kind of fish, right? I don't know. Did you see it with a head on? I'm sure you did. See yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like didn't the have it there, but th I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a third of its body, right? Yeah. It's an amazing. It's, it looks literally somehow out of like the prehistoric times, yeah, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, fish. so <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you would do. We used to do a monkfish osabuco and all. Yeah. Think, you know what I mean? All that. It was really, it was good. Um, so you got the grains and you're practicing. That's that's like you get that six months out. So you have got the grains. You know your fish yeah. and all the so rest. So you start of it. working on different ideas and you want to showcase where you're from. Yeah. You want to showcase and and even more specifically, you know, I'm based in Turkey at Southwest Brewery, um, so we you know, for the grains. Grain, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's where I incorporated the grain. Yeah. So I used the I used the barley. I used some of the different grains in, in one of the other dishes, well and this dish. So I used um like crystal malt, which is used for making like dark beers. I know crystal meth. I don't know about crystal <laughs> meth. <laughs> no, I wasn't able to use any of that. So I just used the crystal malt. So it's like a, a really roasted caramelized like um barley yeah so almost think not as extreme as vegemite but you've got that really deep flavor and that's where the color and the flavor comes in the black beers and and dark stouts beers and, and things, stouts like, that. And yeah, things yeah. like that yeah um so i use like a percentage of that and pale ale and um malted wheat and i milled that all together to to make our own flowers and stuff for the tart shells and the pastry and um using the the barley is, as our grain with the mussels, you know, to, to really showcase and tell the story as well about where in the world I am right now. Yeah, like zoning right in, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Showcasing, you know, the coast, uh, like the Great Ocean Road and the coastal aspect of it, but you've also got the forest right on the other side of the road, so like where the land meets the sea and, and those really unique 
flavors. Yeah, that's awesome. Is what I was is the kind of theme that I put onto it as well as showcasing unique Australian ingredients all combined to go with the monkfish scallops and mussels. Beautiful. So what that, did you think of the scallops over there, right? Oh, so well, cool. coming from Canada, yes. you, you get great scallops as yes. well, but they're beautiful, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's Canadian really scallops are up there with the, the best in the world, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, very different to Australian scallops. Yeah. The, the Australian scallops are more like, we would call them more like queenies almost. Mm. Like queen scallops, you know queenies? You just call them queenies. Yeah. They're, they're a bit more than that, but they're, they're not much. They're small, right? In comparison. Yeah, they're very small. In comparison, for sure. So it's hard to... I love scallops with a really nice caramelized, seal, yeah, caramelized, yeah. and those small scallops, you just can't cook them like that. Yeah, we used to just grill them, it's probably, the, you yeah. know, it's just under a hot grill, yeah. some butter, uh, that's yeah. it. That's the only really good way to do it, I mean, you yeah. know, like you say, you can't get that real caramelization that you're looking for. Yeah. So you, how long how long are you training for, well, sorry. for that? Sorry, keep going, yeah. So that was dish one. Yeah, we okay. have to do two dishes. Yeah, okay. So dish two, they gave us the theme, and we, we had about a month or a bit more before we had to have the menu submitted. Um, so we working on the monkfish dish, yeah. and then you get the, the second dish. So this year, it's always been, sorry, going back another step. Like the monkfish, it's presented on a platter. Yeah. So you have to design and showcase the food on a platter. And going back a few years you would always do dish one on a platter and dish two was on a platter. Yeah. And then dish two started being presented on a plate and now dish two is turned into a three-course meal. Okay. So we got given the theme of feed the kids. So it was about creating food that was nutritious and exciting and playful for children. Oh, that's interesting. And then we had to use pumpkin on top of that. So course one or plate one was a cold vegan entree, a hot vegetarian main with an egg, and dessert was any pumpkin inter- pie, pump, obviously. Pumpkin pie. <laughs> it was too obvious, so I had to stay away from that, especially being from Canada. So yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had to use pumpkin in all three of those dishes. So you have five and a half hours for two people to cook and create both of those, 15 portions of each. Um, so 15 portions, 15 so platters? Fifth, so one large platter for the, that, for the, has for the monkfish that has 15 portions worth on it. Got it. And then? Then we have 15 individual boards that have 15 of the entree, main, and dessert all on the board. Right, okay. Um, so, so it sounds like posh airplane food. It, <laughs> well, the theme before the year before was takeaway food during oh, COVID, it? like coming out of COVID. Mm. Some countries were still in it. And um, they did that three course takeaway menu <coughs> and they kind of carried that through onto this year as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it, I think it does show a lot more skill because you have to do a dessert. You have to do an entree like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. you're doing three. It has a essentially all you're doing the way through, four, right? four dishes. Yeah instead of two. Yeah. So what did you do for that one, for the pumpkin? So we did a, um, did a macadamia and pumpkin tofu. Nice. Um, with a smoked pumpkin disc on the bottom. And we did a, I did like a coastal consomme broth and we had pickled uh, pumpkin vegetables, 
uh, alphabet letters. Oh, nice. So the theme was That's alpha, cool. alphabet soup. Yeah, yeah. So we spelled out Boku Store in the letters. Fuck, around. I'd have been screwed. I'd have spelled that wrong. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely for sure. <laughs> and then, um, you know, and thinking about kids and I've got my own kids. You know, what do kids like in Australia? And I think about like birthday parties and stuff. And Bluey biscuits. <laughs> party pies. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. go to a kid's birthday party and there's yeah, no party yeah, pies. Yeah. So I, I made a kind of play on that and, and did like a petivier with layers of pumpkin and potato and, and mushroom and Beautiful. wrapped in the cabbage and, and then wrapped that in the pastry that I made with all the grain from the, from the brewery. Yeah, so you yeah. got this really dark caramelized So did you have tasty. to make the pastry while like yeah. on everything that, from scratch that day? So you gotta get that made, scratch. get it in the fridge, get it resting. No, nothing can be made in advance. No yeah, stocks, okay. no sauces, nothing. Yeah, it's okay. all it's all weighed you can weigh everything out and get your recipes right, ready. Get ready to go, yeah. But there's there's nothing that's pre cooked or pre mixed or pre done. Yeah, no right. peeling of vegetables, nothing. That's a great idea. The party pies. That's a fucking. That's because, <laughs> like you say, and for people who don't listen to, uh, who are listening from overseas, party yeah. pies are mini pie, mini meat pies, and yeah. over here, a lot of people go on play for kids go on play dates or sorry, yeah, birthday parties and things like that. They'll go to like bounce or they'll go to some sort of event, and yeah. it's always party pies and people always. and. There's party pies everywhere. Like you go to uh, the footy and there's canapes. It's party pies. There's yeah. heaps of party pies. It's, yeah, yeah it's very Australian. Thing. Very yeah. Australian. Kids yeah. love it as well. So I just kind of narrowed that in as my theme and, and inspiration. Did for they that. understand that about the party pies? Did they understand that? It's, I don't know. It's mm. it's a fair question to ask. I, but I don't. Um, you know, when the competition is happening, like, you know, you're so focused on on, on yeah. what you're doing and getting the food up. You don't really get a a chance to talk to the judges and see because you know the the judge from Mauritius or you know the judge from Chile they may not there's know. a judge from every country so yeah every team sorry yes yes there's a judge from every country so every team puts forward a judge which tastes all the food a coach which stands at the pass and helps direct and make right. sure that you're on track and Bit of support and that as well support because yeah. yeah. everything is timed down to the minute you've got your workflow yeah. plan you've got your five and a half hours and you just you need to get things done in time yeah so they just say oh keep an eye on that change this do yeah that. they can watch your oven and the what, timer you know, and things like that for you right you're you're trying to do something you say oh what's my next job and so you they tell you what you need to do next so, you can so you're not looking it. through your list yeah. and all of it saving so you just saving, 30 seconds yeah. to your minute there yeah, yeah yeah and then there's the two of us cooking in the kitchen myself and a commie who the commie has to be under 23 years of age at the time of the competition and then they also supply you on the day for the finals with a student from one of the local schools mm. um, to help wash dishes and help plate up a little bit and things yeah, like okay. that did you get a good one yeah, 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 we got a good one, which helps a lot. And who chose the commie, or how did you choose a commie, or how does that... Is um, it a competition to be the commie, or...? No, there was... Um, it was a bit of an interesting one for me, because so generally you apply as a team together. Yeah, okay. And I had a, a commie that would have been of the age to go all the way through to France. Um, so you kind of apply as a team. Oh, does he work for you? No. Oh, okay, you no. just knew... But, 
that's the ideal situation is you've got somebody that works with you and you yeah. know them, they know you and you work together every day and you can practice things and test things, little bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it is like, like any service or anything like that, you know, it's a bit of a dance. You need to know yeah. how each other moves and, and yeah. how you work together. Bumping into each stuff. other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burning, yeah, 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 I get it. So, yeah. um, I always, I always feel like that when you're, in the kitchen, like say for instance, you're in the ki- even in a small home kitchen, when your friends come around and you cook dinner, you can really work around each other. But then if you're cooking with someone, me mom or whatever, someone who doesn't work yeah. in the kitchen, you're like, but you, why, why are you there? <laughs> like, you should be there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, why are you standing that way from the bench? You, it, yeah, it, it's so true. You can really tell when someone is new to a kitchen, bumping yeah. into them and whatnot. Yeah. And so I had a commie that was going to come through and then they decided they didn't want to compete in the competition anymore. And I was only, uh, we were a few weeks out from the competition. Oh, what? What and happened there? They just Nervous? Thought, I don't know. Don't know. They just didn't have the, the time or wanted to commit to it oh. anymore. So they, they decided what they didn't opportunity. want to. What opportunity? What a bloody opportunity. That's it. Nah, nah, I'm all right. I don't want to go to France and <laughs> compete in probably the world's greatest competition. Nah, 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 nah. I've got something else on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was, I was left a little bit behind. So I had a guy in the kitchen, um, named Sam. He was the right age at the time, but he would have been a few months too old in France. So given the situation, I said, look, we, this is the only guy that I have available to help me compete in nationals. He's, you know, under the age now. Can, can I use him to, to compete in nationals? And, and they said, yes. We competed in the nationals because it was just such short notice and yeah. um, it, was, it was difficult to fill that spot and to find somebody that would have been the age yeah, in France. Yeah, yeah. So I competed with the guy from the brewery. We won nationals. And then after that, we go, okay, well now what's the next step? We look for another commie um, that's the right age to yeah. go all the way through and, and we found somebody to work with me. Oh, did you? And, um, and then, you know, we worked together and trained together to go to France. So how long did you get together? Like, to, how long did you get to train together before then, like six months or something? Um, it was probably about 10 months. Yeah, okay. 10 months It's or such so. a huge commitment. Yeah, so it really is, it, is. is it like, you know, like are you meeting up every Wednesday afternoon or every two weeks or, or what? Like how does it work? Like, Well, ideally, yeah, you'd, you'd meet up once or... Ideally, you work together already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, ideally, but then on the same hand, that's ideally for you, but if you're in a... If you, for the restaurateur or the person that <laughs> probably not so ideal when you both fuck off to France for, for two weeks or whatever, right? In, in the middle of January, yeah, yeah, exactly. which is the peak time of year. For, but not in Europe. In, not in Europe. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's, that's another yeah. one of the challenges that's unique to, to us and a few other countries around the world is it is a very, like I said, European-centered competition. Um, so a lot of the restaurants in France and, and those areas they close for winter and they just practice and train and, and get ready whereas we're in the peak of our our trade yeah it starts basically the end down, of november doesn't it right in the way yeah. through especially where you are like yeah. down down on the coast that runs all the way through till the middle of february at least right yeah so it's it is 
everybody, every country, everybody's got their own unique challenges and you just kind of work through them and, and do the best you can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing else we yeah, can do. Yeah, it is. That's part of being the competition, uh, and right? That's part yeah. of it. And it's no different for me or, or any other candidate that's represented Australia. You know, it's difficult for us. Yeah. And and everybody just does the best they can. So what happened on the day you wait, you know, you get you're getting ready. Actually, let's go back. What's it like as you're flying over? Like this is the day. Like are you I know what I'm like when I'm leaving home to go to work. I'm like, have I got my phone? Have I got my wallet? Have I got my pen? Have I, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like how's it what's that what's it like there? You must be unpacking, packing, like making sure you've got all the ingredients and everything yeah. that you need. Is it quite yeah. stressful as you say goodbye to it? Yeah, it's pretty stressful because there's um, you know, it started maybe a month before that because um, we take all of our equipment with us. So again, like I mentioned with the flowchart and things like that, everything's super detailed. So you you know what you're going to cook. You know exactly how many spatulas, how many trays, how many bowls, how many pots, how many pans mm-hmm. you need to execute that menu. So we actually, about a month before, had to pack that all on a pallet and ship it to France. Yeah, okay. And then it's, it's, so that's when it started. You got your checklists and yeah. you're writing it down. You go, okay, I, I pack that, I pack that. Because you don't know, you know, once you get there, it's going to be a bit more difficult. Obviously, there's shops and things like that. And, um, but you want to make sure you've got everything with you. And some of the stuff you think will be easy to find there because it's easy to find here. It, it isn't. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we went to about six or eight different shops trying to find dill seed. Um, and we couldn't get it, so yeah. I just couldn't. I just had to take it out of the recipe. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, when and then, you know, as you go along and it's closer to flying out, yeah, you've got your checklists and have I packed this? Have I got that? And and then when you get on the plane and you're going over, do you is there like a sense of, um, you know, like I guess you got to rep- in in your sport or your field, which is obviously cooking. You're going to play at the World Cup, right? Basically, yeah. do you have that feeling of like, this is it? I'm like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, a bit of yeah. a buzz. Have you got a buzz on? Are you like, yeah, I'm representing a country here? It's yeah. a big thing, right? It's not like. It's, it's huge. And this is something I've wanted to do almost my whole career. Like, once I found out about it, uh, I've always been interested and always wanted to be involved and compete and, and represent um, the country. Are you a competitive person? Yes and no. So, I've, this is basically the first real competition that I've been involved in. Yeah. I, I haven't, I've done a couple little small ones, but nothing too serious. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I might get, now that I've done it, I think I might get involved in a few more competitions because mm. it's, um, it's not so much the comp- the competition that excites me, but it's the the learning and the you know the the pushing yourself to to keep getting better and learn and, and do more and, and continue to grow as a chef. Yeah, yeah. Because I I learned so much about myself doing the competition as well as learning and practicing and, and getting better at different techniques. In what way? I hear people say that I learned a lot about myself. Can you what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, you just. You know, when when doing the competition, like I mentioned about the theme and, and what I wanted to showcase. So then, you know, you have to, a lot of like internal reflection and go, well, what kind of food do I do? I do? 
yeah. what kind of food do I want to show? What am I going to showcase about my skills? Because I, I, I've always just worked and done food that I like and it's tasty and this and that. I've never spent any time thinking about what is my style of food? What am I good at? What am I not good at? You know, I don't, I never reflected on myself like that before. Yeah, yeah, like went in you. I guess it's like a, yeah. like a, a songwriter going in themselves to release the, the words and, that are inside them, right? It's, yeah. it's that kind of thing, yeah. right? Like I never thought of myself as having a style. Yeah. But then, you know, you want to showcase a certain style or showcase who you are. You know, you, you need to find that. So, and, and having conversations like this and, and stuff like that, when people are asking you questions, um, they're a lot of the times for, for me, things that I hadn't really thought about before. So it forces you to think about it. Mm. Um, I think that's a lot of people. I think like you're saying, that's very interesting what you're saying. I don't think many people, I think people go, go around day to day just, I don't know, this sounds so negative, but just existing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they get up, they go to work, they do the job and they don't have much time reflecting or looking at, and I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm fucking one of the worst for it, like being on the phone and I think going back, you know, whatever, 50 years, there was a lot of more downtime, you know, just relaxing, there was nothing to do, you know, mm. even when you're taking a shit, right? Everyone looks at the phone when they're taking a shit these <laughs> days, right? Like, at least when you're taking a shit, you had that time to fucking relax and think about something, where nowadays, yeah. you just, it's constant, right? So, it's probably less and less, so yeah, I think you're right, that giving yourself that opportunity to dig within yourself and find out what you believe in and push yeah. yourself, it's a good, yeah, it's a Because you're thing. doing, you know, you, you're, you're cooking and you're putting yourself out there to be judged. That's, yeah. that's what the competition is. So it's, um, and that alone you're, just is putting, you're just putting yourself out there for yeah. anybody to say you're, you're really good or you're really oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's exactly that. Absolutely. Like, I, I've said this many, many times and I remember putting like staff meals up, you know, in, in the job that you've just got to, you've been cooking for a long time yeah. and you, you go to a food, it's like, oh, you see your name on the roster, staff food Wednesday the week before you start fucking panicking you're like oh shit I'm on stuff what can I do what can I do what can I? you know and you yeah. just and then when you start writing menus and you're getting feedback off people and everyone's got an opinion so it's like fuck then, but then to do it at the highest level you know I guess it all comes down to preparation how much preparation that will create the confidence to be able to do it right yeah so who helped you with the preparation obviously you get a mentor do you get a mentor yeah yeah, yeah. so there's like I said, there's the judge. Um, who, and who was that? That was Scott Pickett. Yeah, he was a judge. He was for the judge the Australian for Team Australia in France. Yeah. So he's he's on board to help mentor and and discuss, you know, the food and, and the practicing and do tastings and stuff like that. Prior. Yeah. Yeah. Prior. He's been doing this a while, right? He's been. Yeah. Because he, he he represented Australia as well. He was a candidate. Yeah. Um, Tom Milligan's the president of Bocuse Australia. Um, there was Dan Arnold, so he's based in Brisbane. Yeah. He was the competitor in 2017. Yeah. So he placed eighth for Australia, which is our highest um, oh, brilliant. Uh, placing. Um, so he was my coach. He was the one that I would talk to a lot. Um, there's other, and there's just a big group of support. There's Andrew Bellard, there was um, Polly. They, they all came in and helped with practicing and testing and weighing up, getting recipes ready. Um, you know, my friend Justin came over from Canada to France to help 
Because it's a big logistical nightmare as well. Oh, your friend come from Canada to yeah. France to just help you get shit together. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So Fucking he's nice. a chef. He, he wanted to be around he it. He wanted to be yeah, around yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, we went and observed in 2017. We went there together. Because you knew you were going to be competing for it. No, because we, we just look. went to go have a look. So I competed ah. in the Nationals in 2016. Yeah. Um, and I didn't win. Yeah. Uh, that's the year Dan Arnold won, actually. Yeah. And then afterwards, um, thought, well, let's let's go observe it. Let's go see what it's all about, and and go. So, out your own time, your own money, yeah. your own thing. You flew out there, yeah. and I, so yeah. So, you, like you said, yeah, I know you said earlier that it's something you've always wanted to do, but you were taking it really seriously. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. and that's the thing. In in Australia, it's not as well known as it is in in Europe and a lot of other countries. So everybody that's involved, they're volunteering their time. They're doing it for the love and the passion of it you know nobody gets anything out of it other than you know being involved and and representing the country yeah it's like the olympic games in some it, it really is yeah yeah it's like the food olympic games yeah so as you're flying over you, you did get that sense of you know you're off to compete at your yeah heart. you get that sense of excitement but i also got a little bit of while on the plane at least a little bit of relief like okay i'm here there's I'm on the plane now, like there's... Yeah, it's happening. It's happening, you know, there's not a lot more we can do. We're going to get there, we're going to do some more practicing and then we cook. Oh, so you're going to practice again before you get before you... Yeah, because because of the timeline of, of where, of like we mentioned how busy it is that time of year. So the competition was on the 29th of January. Yeah. So... We flew out. I flew out about ten days before that, and of course you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fly out. You know, have a good time, guys. See <laughs> Call me if you need anything. <laughs> so we, you know, we get there. We get set up. We unpack the equipment. We go to a shop, and and we do a couple of training sessions there as like well. Like at where the competition's going to be or do you have a friend who's, or do you just someone who's going to the restaurant um, or a hotel with the team, spare? The team organized a, um, there's a school over there. Like so a, we were able to yeah. use their kitchens yeah. and, and set up in there and do practice runs. Um, so we did a few practice runs. How did Melbourne. they go? Um, well, it's always stressful, but yeah. it, it's, it, they went well. You know, you always think, because it's timed, you know, you've got five and a half hours, so you're, you're always working to, to do what you can in that time. And then you once, and everybody who's done it, the first time they do it, they're always way over on their time. Yeah, yeah. And then you just start work, you get some more efficiencies. It's like the first day of doing a new menu or, or opening a new restaurant. Yeah. Like, it's always really tough. And then you do it a few times, you get the efficiencies, you get the flow, you know where things are, you're grabbing it without having to think about it. So it's just practicing enough to get to that point where you get that time down naturally and then you think, okay, well, what can we do better? Do we change this or this isn't working? How do we change that? And, um, and did you have some of them whilst you were in France before the yeah. day that did you? Yeah. So you're changing things right up to the last minute effectively. We did. It's not ideal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I, you know, like like some of the European teams, like I said, the restaurants are closed, so they're doing practice sessions two or three times a week, you know, six, eight weeks leading up to it. Yeah. Um, we just don't have the the funding 
or the time to be able to take away from doing that. We don't have a, you know, a custom built kitchen that, that is to the same dimensions. Do some people? Yeah, a lot of countries have, so they'll, they'll set up, they'll have full custom built kitchens to exact specs, same equipment, same height, same dimensions, everything. So they're just walking in exactly what they know. They know exactly where everything is. So they might have kitchen, like it's a stainless steel bench, right? Yeah. Some teams will fabricate boxes that sit on top of the benches filled with drawers. So all their equipment's in there. You, you just pull slide it out and, bu- 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 yeah, and then yeah. they slide it over here and they put their dirty dishes in that part. And then at the end, they just pick up the boxes, wipe the bench and they're going, fuck. You know, Who's that? Uh, most of the European countries. Yeah, Denmark. Team USA. Um, all of that. They've got all this custom built equipment. I, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I also heard like Team USA and the candidate was a bit short. So they had a, a custom built floor to raise the floor up so it was easier for him to work and play it up and everything like that. So um, don't know if that's true. That's what I was told. We'll go day, with it. I, I, like was, it. I was focusing I like on what I, I was it. doing, but. Um, you know, it's just there's there's so many levels to it because it's it's taken so much more seriously over there. Um, they, they get the funding, like they've got government funding. They have million dollars a year, or a million euros a year for the two years to concentrate and get ready for this competition. And how much do we have? I think we've got about a hundred grand, <laughs> and that's and that's a lot of hard work to get that hundred grand to find those those um, sponsors and suppliers it's and, not and people. It's no. not government. We, we don't have the government support. So, you know, like I said before, everybody's, everybody's volunteering. Everybody's doing it for the love of it and, and trying to get that um, funding as, as much as we can to, to do those things to make us more competitive with the other teams. And it's important, right? It's important for our industry, I think. Do you know, like... Yeah. Yeah, it creates a bit of excitement. I mean, you're there with all these. Yeah, Thomas Keller. Thomas everyone's Keller, there, right? Yeah. Dominic Creme was there. Like all the, all these top chefs, the chefs, all the biggest chefs in the world are there at this competition. Yeah. You know, that's that doesn't get any higher. It doesn't get any more elite. Like this is the serious as it gets for, the chefing world. Yeah, and we, and, and it and doesn't get any more exciting either because yeah. it's all these people that you. You know, you follow on Instagram or you buy their cookbooks and you think, oh, I want to go eat in their restaurant one day or I'd love to meet this person. Like, they're all there. Yeah. And and we need to come together as a country better and, and support Team Australia better to... To, to represent. To represent better and Absolutely. showcase the amazing food and talent and skill that's in this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more because... Some of the food here and some of the cooks here are phenomenal, right? It's a, it's a really, and it's, it's all, it's forever growing, right? That's your, it's always pushing the boundary. Yeah. It's so, it's, it's such a melting pot. Where England for, for me is, is, is a melting pot of, you know, France and Italy and Portugal and this, that, the other. We have that here, but with China and Japan, as well as yeah. the Europeans, because we've got yeah. a lot of Greeks and a lot of Italians and, and whatnot here. But on top of that, you've got, yeah, a lot of Japanese cookery, a lot of raw seafood here, and sustainability. They're always, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's big. So yeah, I think we're not boxed in by tradition like some of those Absolutely. other countries are. We have the ability to be more creative and to to 
apply different techniques and, and flavors to dishes that some countries just can't because they're bound by tradition. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, why are you doing that in such and such? I get it, I get it. Yeah. So on the, on the, on the day, what, what, so you wake up on the morning, what's the, what, what, are you absolutely terrified? The, 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 like, can you sleep the night before? Or? <laughs> um, you can sleep. You know, I was pretty exhausted because we're, you know, like I said, training and, and getting ready up to the last minute. And, yeah. Uh, um, so, I, you know, I was able to get to sleep, but we, I, I think I had about seven alarms set for that yeah. morning. <laughs> So we're, we're staying in the candidates and the coaches, they have to stay all together in, in a hotel. Um, the rest of the team were in an Airbnb. So they, they meet us at the show with the oh. equipment. So they do the bump in and then we all have to go bump on. Bump in, what's a bump in? The bump in like, um, you know, getting into the convention center. Okay. So the, the competition's held in this massive convention center, massive trade show for food and hospitality and what else sorry just going off that what is it is there anything going on as well is other people like is there a trade show going on at the time and things or yeah all the, the, right okay so yeah. there's a lot going on there's it's a not, lot right okay so just as as the focus australia national selection is happening in a trade show yeah um it's it's the same over there but it's like on steroids it's like times five right okay um it is like five melbourne exhibition convention centers combined yeah okay it's huge and it's like produce and it's equipment and everything it's all, you yeah, can yeah, imagine yeah. got it and there's other competitions there's the the coupe de monde there's um there's chocolate shirt Chocolate yeah, pieces, yeah. sugar it. pieces, bakery competitions, all that kind of stuff happening as well. And then, and then the show finishes with the Boku store. Right, okay. So so we got to rock up with all of the equipment at the back of house area, bump it in. So bump it in just means like yeah, getting all your equipment, coming inside to the venue and, and getting ready to put it into your kitchens. And so, is it quite a quick turnaround, is it? Yeah, you, you get about half an hour. So, so one team's Every out, country you're gets going. allocated times. Yeah, okay. And there's 12 kitchens on the day. So all the, t all the candidates and coaches and commies, they go on a bus together to the trade show. Yeah. So we started cooking at 9.31, which meant we had an hour, two hours to bump in and get ready. Yeah. So at 7.31, we're allowed to bring our equipment in. So the candidate, the bus left at 5.15 in the morning. So I set my alarm for 4, 4 4.05, 4.10, yeah, yeah. 4.15, because I, I wasn't going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> so, um, you know, and whether your team one that started at cooking at 7 a.m. or team 12 that started cooking at 10 a.m. Right, okay. We're all on the same bus. Yeah. We're all there really early. So, yeah, you, yeah, you kind of go in, you get there, and it's, it's, it's a bit strange. You got a bit of a sense of relief as knowing, like, this is it. There's no more that can be done. There's no, everything's ready. There's no turning back. There's no turning back. <laughs> and all, all we have to do now is cook. Yeah. Um, so it was exciting and, and a sense of relief at that same time because you're always constantly thinking about it, working on it. What can we do better? Yeah. What can we change? Is like 
you're saying when you're checking for your keys and your phone and your wallet when you leave yeah. the house and you're just going through all those checklists of have I done this, 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 and this. And then you finally, yeah, you get time to bump in and it's, you go, you walk in and it's a massive stadium and all these kitchens and all these teams are already started cooking because it's done in 10 minute increments. All right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you've got teams already cooking. We were team number eight. Team number one's like well into their cook yeah. already. Um, they've been going for two hours. Yeah. And then we just, yeah, you bump in, you, you start putting all your equipment in place, you get your fridges organized, um, all the food, everything, you start getting set up. And, and then the judges, they come in, they start, they scrutinize everything, make sure that they go through everything in your fridges, every Do container, that. every bag to make sure that nothing's hiding, in nothing's there, hiding, nothing's yeah. been prepped, nothing's been cooked. Like I had a, a bag, so I, we weighed everything up and backed it. Yeah. So it took up less space and it was quick and easy. So I had a backpack bag of mango puree and, um, they made me cut it open and they wanted to taste it because it was supposed to be in its original container. Oh, okay. So they're about to take it away because oh. it wasn't in yeah. its original container. What they did you thought say? It, it could have been a different puree or it could have been cooked or this or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. something could have been done or flavors added to it and stuff. So they opened it up and they tasted it and they go, okay, that's, that's oh. just mango puree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's all, you've got five of these, amazing chefs and they're just all in your kitchen Are you feeling, you feeling everything the, you feel the presence you feel the presence and it's exciting but uh, for me it was i was just so focused on what i had to do mm, cut them out you kind of yeah, yeah. had the blinders on and and didn't uh the the sense of occasion didn't really mm. come into it that's good i remember Nothing at like that. Believe it or not, I did a, a few half marathons, and mm. one of them, um, Mo Farah. I don't know if you know Mo Farah. Is a is a very successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And um, he was starting off the starting it off with the gun. You know, they get like a celebrity anyway. And he did a little bit of a speech beforehand, and he said, "All the training's done. Yeah, this is the time you've done it. This is it." Now try and enjoy this moment because this is it. This is what you put ten weeks in for me. 10 months in for you this is what yeah. you this is it you, and you're probably not going to get many shots at this in your life so try for you do you know what I mean to try yeah. and just enjoy the moment yeah and I th yeah I, th I always think about big moments like that and I think about him saying that yeah. at this one time and I think yeah just try and enjoy that moment and I guess for you it was probably the same right just trying to be in, in it and absorb it all and enjoy every minute of it right yeah and that was that was the case the whole time there. Like you, yeah. you get to meet all these amazing people and, and you know, there's, there's the whole cooking side and the food side of the competition, but it's also like just getting to meet everybody and, and create networking, new, right? new relationships and networking. And what was it like? So meeting all the other candidates from all the other countries around the world. Did you set yourself up with any, stuff. any stages or anything? Not, not yet. But, but um, you but think you got the opportunity? Do you yeah. Think you, yeah. That that opportunity is definitely there for people, um, and and I'll probably take up that opportunity yeah. when I have a bit more time as well. Um, but yeah, that's 
it's great for that type of thing. It just Absolutely. opens so many doors, and and it the the level of camaraderie in the competition is huge. Like even the judges who were who were um, scrutinizing all my food in the kitchen, they were all extremely nice. Like yeah, you know, pats on the back and you know hugs and you. let's take some photos yeah, and, yeah. and this and that. So. Um, it was it was really really good. And you say that. the camaraderie there. You know you say you all stayed in the same hotel. Was it like a was it like a restaurant there, or did you all eat together, or how did how did? No, everybody, all the teams kind of stuck. With, like you say hello and you meet each other and, yeah. and this and that, but you know it, some some of the competition it is very secretive and it is a competition yeah of course um so a lot of the teams kind of stick to themselves a little bit and nobody knows what anybody else is going to cook beforehand and and things like that you'd never ask you wouldn't ask well you wouldn't ask but um but that just kind of goes to to speak towards you know some teams are you know you'll have conversations and you'll say hello but you're not hanging out and yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah. practicing or getting ready or getting organized and and getting themselves ready for the competition so could you feel like the ones who had the big funding could you could you see like you know that all brand new gear and all brand new could, you could you know yeah. I, I can imagine it i can just imagine think, like the americans rocking up with like brand new everything gleaming white this brand new shoes <laughs> like do you know what i mean like i can just imagine well, I, um, that that's the case you know we left the hotel we took an all uber. the knives are like this big yeah. you know like everything's bigger well we took an uber to the to the show right and because like the day before there was some photos that we had to take oh and there was orientation um so we were in an uber going there to do that and i noticed at the front of the hotel leaving was this like brand new Audi Q7 or something like that it says Team USA official <laughs> car on the side of it. And I thought, oh, that's pretty nice. And then we come to the front of the trade show and um, in the middle of the entrance, there's six of those. Oh my goodness. All VIP parking spots, all saying Team USA Boku store on the side of it. Like it's, you, yeah, you see things like that when we're in a Uber or and like, you know, this and tre- that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Backpack on. Like, <laughs> holes in your burkies. And, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can, yeah you, you can imagine that, that that's the case for, for sure. It, it must have been... It's almost unfair in some aspects, but, you know, at the end of the day, that's everything in sport. Well, oh, in some sort of sport. Everything every, you know, every cunt, Yeah, exactly. Every country you know. takes different things more seriously, right? Yeah. For sure. Was there any? Did you see any techniques that you thought, God, that's a fucker? Whoever thought that, that's a good technique. Or that's- there's, there's always a, at least a dozen of those that come out of this competition yeah. every time because, like, it's, a lot of those teams with that funding, they just spend two years practicing and training and working towards it. You can get and, scientists involved and things yeah, like that when you've got yeah. that kind of funding, yeah. right? Like, there'll be a team, like a full-time team of like eight people just working towards this for two years. And that candidate might have been involved for the last four years, six years before that, learning and getting ready for the competition. So oh, then so when he's it's like their piggybacked. Turn, so they know who the next one's going to be. So he's already, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, some of those yeah. teams have their selections so early on that, that they just flow into it and they're on board and learning the whole back end and, and all that kind of stuff and, and practicing those new and different techniques all the time 
And I look at the Boku store, it's a bit of, you kind of compare it to like a fashion show. That's exactly what like, I would, exactly. I always use this analogy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because the, the styles and the techniques and the brand new ideas, you know, it's like the runway. And then, then a couple of years later, you start seeing them filter down into um, other restaurants and, and more approachable brands and, and things like that until it's, it's commonly used. Absolutely. And then the equipment, the big companies go, oh, sous vide yeah. would be a classic example or whatever, yeah. right? Molecular or whatever. And they're like, fuck, I'll jump on that and I'll start yeah. making that more commercially available. And it's like, the, like twill molds and silicon molds. Yeah. Now everybody would custom make their own and, and there was nowhere to really buy that kind of stuff. And now you have like the Mold Brothers or Food Shapes, the guy from, uh, the candidate from Sweden, he, he does his own. He's got his company called Food Shapes oh. and, and he makes custom twill molds and for himself and, and sells other twill molds to other people. Yeah, because there is a lot of shapes and things, isn't there? Yeah. Like baskets and things that are going over. I see you did the leaves. Did you do the leaves? Yeah, I did what some the, leaves. What, what were them leaves? I, that was a different dish, but I did like beetroot leaves. Oh, they're beetroot leaves. Yeah, so you do like a beetroot puree kind of a twill and then you press it in the silicon mold and it, it just get, keeps that shape and then you garnish it with that. Yeah, that looked lovely. But you didn't do that on the day? That was for something else. Oh, okay. I didn't do that on the day. And the cabbage? The, the cabbage, did you do that on? Is that, I seen you doing a cabbage, like a wrap. Oh, that was for, that was Asia Pacific. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Asia Pacific dish. Again, you get, you get a theme. Um, so the theme for that was tofu. Yeah, okay. Um, so I had to create a dish showcasing tofu and that's that kind of fed into my entree that I did for the finals in the competition yeah, yeah. so I did a macadamia and Australian truffle tofu um, for my Asia Pacific because at first I thought how are we gonna you know there's not a lot of tofu use in Australia compared to a lot of the Asian countries yeah. that are competing in Asia Pacific um, so how do we stand out and make it something unique and, yeah. and different and and like I said before, without being bound by tradition, we can use some different techniques and different um, setting agents and things to get that texture that's like tofu, but it's made in a completely different way. So mm. um, it's all the, that kind of creative aspect to it, which is really exciting and, and learning new different techniques and showing different techniques. Yeah. I remember when like siphon guns and that come on the scene. Do you remember when like that, yeah. know, that was like, uh, late 2000, uh, sorry, uh, late 90s, I think, and yeah. everyone started doing like espumas. I think we could yeah. our buddy espuma, was an espuma yeah. and yeah. chocolate espumas, and then and yeah, foams and all the rest of it, right? Yeah, and all that would have probably come from from correct that, from that area, yeah, because yeah. like those twill molds they started you know maybe 10 or 15 years ago, and like I said, you couldn't get them anywhere, yeah, they're just kind of custom made that these they did at the competition or a couple top restaurants in the world had. And now there's more and more companies that you can use. Um, and you see in restaurants, most restaurants have yeah. now. Which again, it just shows the importance of it lifting the standard throughout the world, this competition, like exactly what you're saying there. So that's it's important. So we should definitely be getting behind our people more. Do you, do you know what I mean? So what trips? I know you said you, you went to the restaurant after. Did you do any other trips there? Did they, did they take you on wine trips or did they take you out for dinner or, or, or did you do we, anything else? We had a couple nice dinners. Um, 
but it was it was very much just focused on the competition yeah um you know you, you go and check it out you go to the market to buy stuff for the competition and you get to try a few bits and pieces and cook dinner back at the house and yeah. um, go to a couple brasseries and things like that um but it, for me i was very focused on and then after it finished did you just bounce come straight home yeah day after it finished we had lunch at Paul Bocuse restaurant and yeah. then and flew out the next day yeah, okay. so as I mentioned the friend that came from Canada to, to help uh, it was his wedding about three days later in Mexico so I flew right from France to Mexico which was great to decompress with so he, the, he was his wedding yeah so right before that he was with you that's a good friend you, you need to keep him around he's a good guy this guy yeah, it yeah. was good, and uh, his wife Larissa was very, very understanding. So that's nice. I thank her more than I thank him. Yeah. <laughs> Always, <laughs> he can get fucked. <laughs> so got, I guess I've got to ask you: you're, you're Canadian. Uh, you're Canadian. Yeah. So how did you manage to represent Australia? Well, um, yeah, I'm Canadian originally. Canadian, uh, born in Vancouver, and I've been here for 16 years now. Yeah. So permanent resident for a while and then became a citizen and you know my life is here my kids were born here and you know i'm australian now. so you've got an australian passport yeah. now so that's yeah. how you can that's and that's that's part of the the requirements is you can't be a permanent resident or anything like that you yeah. need to have an australian passport or yeah. have a passport of the country that you're representing yeah okay yeah so what made you come to australia um well i always wanted to travel and I spent some time, I spent about a year in Banff yeah. and uh, I met my now wife in Banff. Her visa was up and I thought I'd come here for a year. I thought She's I'd, Aussie. She's Aussie. Yeah. I thought, all right, well, I want to travel. She's going to go home. I'll go with her. I'll go to Australia for a year and then we'll go to London for a year and then back to Canada and never ended up working in London. <laughs> <laughs> just been never here went back for, to Canada. <laughs> never went back to Canada. I've been here for 16 years. So. Yeah. Um, and what? What? I love it. Do you love it? Yeah. Yeah. What do you love about it? I love the people. I love the food. I love the the whole atmosphere. It is it is very similar to Canada, but is the climate's it? a lot a lot better. Yeah. You know, I, I do miss having four proper seasons where you actually have autumn and snow and you know spring and summer and yeah um but it's not too bad for that it's, it's not, not too, too bad. bad it's not too bad yeah you can still but go up to the i know snow. you you yeah. appreciate the snow as yeah, much as yeah, anybody yeah, else absolutely. and it's but but going back so going into france in end of january and, and then after mexico i went to vancouver for a week as well mm. and you've, you you kind of think about you romanticize the idea of it, but then when you're there and the sun goes down at four o'clock and it's cold and it's icy and you're gonna fall over on the sidewalk because it's just yeah. snowed or this or that, like living in it is so much different it's tough. than going on a holiday. Definitely, it's, um, it's a tough life as well. When you're getting up to go to the shower, fucking freezing yeah. <laughs> on the way, you know. Did you not put the fucking heating on last night? You know? <laughs> yeah, so you don't have those, you, it's not quite like that here. So yeah. even in the middle of winter, you've, you've got more sunshine. It's not as cold, it's not as depressing because it does get depressing, you know, when, when you've got no sunshine. 
and the sun goes down at three thirty, four o'clock. So it's a real thing. Yeah. I think it's called sad or something. I think it's called. My nana had it. Yeah, it's like you, you but you don't get enough vitamin D or something. Yeah, it's a real, real thing. Yeah. yeah. So I, I quite like that about here. Yeah, uh, I like what you're saying about people. I like, I, yeah. Obviously, I'm from England, and um, I like the 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 the, the more the laid back approach to things and the the calmness. Yeah. And they're not getting too wound up. I used to get wound up about fucking everything, right? Like, I used to like a coiled spring. Like, you're just always ready to, yeah. to go at something, you know? Like, now it's like, uh, it's starting to rub off. And I'm like, oh, I'll be all right. It's always going to be all right, yeah. you know? Like, for sure. Absolutely. But like you say, the, yeah, there's, 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 there's positives and negatives to both, to both right? You sure. know, I yeah. love, coming from England, I love the fact that you can go to France, Sweden, yeah. Denmark. Poland, New York, yeah, flipping Morocco, Middle East, and it's like at, at worst it's like seven hours, eight hours. At yeah. worst, seven, like you know, six hours, and it's, you know, you're not even really over the country here, That's right? True. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's definitely pros and cons. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, absolutely. So, what, have you got any plans to be involved with the Pagoo Star anymore? Like, what, what, like, can you only compete once, or no, you can you can compete multiple times? Yeah, okay. Um, obviously, it is, uh, you know, it's a big undertaking. Yeah. Because, like I said, it, it's volunteering. Yeah. You're doing no, it on your like, own. You time. don't get paid at all. You didn't get any. No. No. So, no. The, so your your uh, place of work had to support you for yep. your days off and things like that. That's yep. nicer than yep. far out. And, and they supported me. I was able to do some stuff at work as well between, you know, making sure I was doing my job too. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, so doing stuff on your days off and in and, and your downtimes and stuff like that. Um, and, and it also takes away from time with family and, and everything. So instead of spending your days off with the kids, you're practicing. And, and so it is a big commitment and a big undertaking so um for for us in australia right now so it is a lot to do it more than once yeah yeah um yeah. you know i'm still thinking I, I might do it again one day but um when the kids are a bit older or whatever yeah yeah, yeah maybe yeah. when the times there's no time age limit right. no age limit yeah think, what was the um, oldest person you've seen there would you say well i, I was actually looking at it the other day i think Two years ago, when France won, uh, I think the guy was forty-eight. Oh yeah, okay. So, so you've got three years left in you, or something. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, but like um, George Colin Barris, when he did it, he was twenty-three. Oh fucking hell! So there's no, um, I think the minimum the candidate has to be is twenty-three, and I think they can be as old as as they want. It's yeah, just yeah. quite demanding the yeah, whole yeah, competition yeah. mentally yeah. physically um so it's it's just whether you're you're up to it or not so mm. and do you want to be involved around it like yeah, give definitely. advice and just be part i guess yeah. once you're in once you're in the team i guess you're always yeah. there and amongst it right it's it's like i said about the camaraderie it's like yeah. being part of a family now when you do and something like that with a group of people yeah you, you, you're connected for life aren't you for Correct. sure yeah and i'll you know, I learned so much from when I did it, and I want to help the next candidate learn from the things that I didn't know. Yeah. So that they can be a step further ahead than I was. And, and if everybody keeps doing that, I think, you know, 
even with the, the limited funding that we have, we'll, we'll be competitive. Yeah, nice. So who won it on your, on your year? Uh, Denmark. Oh, Denmark. It was Denmark, Norway, and Hungary. Yeah, okay. How ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Denmark, Hung- Denmark Norway, Norway Hungary. and Hungary. Yeah, far out. Denmark is always... Was it nice that America didn't win? Were you buzzing? I <laughs> mean, <laughs> a Canadian as well. Is it, is it that rivalry, would you say? Oh, there's, uh, there's always a little bit of... Um, no one's Americans to win. No way. A little bit of rivalry, but I think... <laughs> It's, it is a, um, no, it was really good. I, USA won in 2017. Yeah, I remember. So it was really good that, you know, somebody outside of, of Europe had won it. Yeah. So Normally it's Europeans, is it? Euro- normally it's European, it. Scandinavian it. countries are at the top. Yeah. So it's really good to, to have somebody from, somebody new win it and it, it I'm can still banging for Europeans all day I'm still <laughs> Australians are Europeans I'm banging for them all day long for sure but yeah. um, I almost I was involved I almost became a commie for Team Canada for 2007 um, <coughs> excuse me but I ended up moving to Banff and me and my wife and travelling here yeah for in, in both camps <laughs> would you have been able to compete for Australia if you'd have, if you'd have been a commie for Canada would that have yeah. been oh you would yeah, you'd be allowed to I'd do still it? be oh if you've got dual nationality yeah. you could right okay yeah um, but I, I didn't end up doing it but the funny thing is um, the coach for Team Canada that year is now involved um, with Team USA and he was the coach for Team USA ah. this year okay so it's it's one big family yeah yeah it yeah, really yeah. is yeah that's great so um so what about your your day job what's your day job. My day job, I, I work at Southwest Brewery in Torquay. So we opened a couple of years ago in the tail end of COVID. We thought it was gone and done and we opened up and found out that it was still around a little bit. I think I was there the day, do you remember? I think yeah. I was I come and visit you and that yeah. day it went back into lockdown, yeah, do you remember? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a 400 seat brewery in the old head office of Quicksilver. So. We, we repurposed the, the warehouse into the dining room and, and built a massive brewery, uh, kitchen, and um, we, we make really good quality, handcrafted, preservative-free beers um, that's crafty but also kind of sessionable. Yeah, you okay. know, it's not like some of those, and everybody's got different flavors, different preferences, um, but it's not like a, some of the craft beers I find, you have one and it's almost like quite a complex. Meal yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And that's enough for you. Yeah, definitely. Whereas ours kind of sit in the middle, like they're they're, you know, skillfully made and, and complex, but sessionable at the same time. Sessionable meaning you can have a skinful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can drink loads of them. <laughs> that's good. And yeah. hey, what kind of food are you doing there? So again, it's 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 a brewery. So yeah. it's not pretentious. It's it's your everyday kind of food, but we pay attention to the details and we've got a really good team and it's just done well. So we've got a chicken parma on the yep. menu like any other pub or brewery would have. Um, but we we take some of the beer that we make on site and we brine the chicken in the beer brine. So we we get all that flavor in there and then we hand crumb it and we, you know, we cook it to order and we top it with you know, the Napoli that we make in the house that we have for pizzas and 
we've got some really triple, double or triple smoked ham from a place in Dalesford. Yeah. Um, from like free range pigs and you know it's all just really good quality stuff done well and it's but not pretentious it's, yeah. it's still a parma but the attention to detail that you put into any you know fine dining restaurant or anything like that is is still applied to the everyday food that we do there and that technique like you say like brining we do a heap of brining here we brine you know everything i love brining and um yeah. uh at whatever level, if you're doing it for a palmer, or you're doing it for a ham hock, or you're doing it for a piece of fish, or whatever it might be, it's the same technique. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So you're learning the technique. It's very common in, in, in the UK to go and work at uh, like a, a pub. You know, that isn't just a pub. I mean, a, a good ga- um, gastro pub or whatever. Yeah. And the chef might have done like three years at the Gavroche, two years at Oxo Tower, three years at whatever. Do you know what I mean? Uh, uh, top restaurants and gone you know I just want to move to my hometown and cook and be home for my family or whatever yeah. and they just and then you're a young chef and you come in just work at this own pub but you learn all these techniques that's really yeah. common and I think that's happening more and more here for instance like you who've worked at a lot of restaurants been to Baku um, store and done all what your career but now you're like actually that I, I kind of want to, a brewery is where I want to be right now because I yeah. want to spend time with my family. And right. a young chef can come and work with you, learn a million techniques, be around this, and not have to go and work in the city at a great, you know, like at one of the great yeah. restaurants. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot to that. There is a lot of people that that do that and and do the time in those really good restaurants, but then want to have the work life balance that you struggle to get in some of those places, and but still make good food. Definitely. And, you know, I think there is a bit of a um, stigma that comes with, you know, cooking a parma or, or doing some of these things that aren't defined as, you know, nice food or classy food, but you can still do them really, really well and take that approach to it. And exactly. And going back to, to reiterate what yeah. we're saying, the technique is what is the important bit. Yeah. How you apply that technique if it be a palmer yeah. or whatever, is not really the point, is you're learning the technique yeah. and you're learning about handling. And, you know, look, I think if you're teaching good cleanliness, good hygiene, good pack down, cleaning mm. your tub, having a clean spoon pot, learning out a season, just learn out a season. Yeah. If you're teaching seasoning, like you can go work in some great restaurants where there's not someone on your case about seasoning and checking your your, your, your blanching water yeah. and making sure that the, the water's got a roll in boiling and, you know, all these kind of things yeah. that if you're a young chef can go and work with you, for instance, and you're going to teach them all them real basics that you would never get even at a, even at a really high-end restaurant because they haven't got the time or whatever else, and you'll just get pushed to one side, popping mm-hmm. peas where... Uh, I find that with them pubs and things like that, the, the, the struggle for staff, I'm not saying you're struggling for staff, but the struggle for staff, so they end up getting a position where they really want to bring their young kids on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that's the way that you work, but you can, or you can almost get more attention until you're a little bit older and a bit more confident to go to the city. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's something as well to, like, eating in those places as a customer. Like, you know, sometimes chefs are almost more excited to cook everyday homely food and apply those techniques into it to make them really, really good. Yeah. than they are to the fine dining food that they don't actually eat. They just go and they work and they execute it. But when they go home or they go out, this is the food that they eat. 
Yeah, yeah. So that, that love and those techniques and the passion almost comes up sometimes more in this food um, than it does in, in other It's sterile. You, sometimes it can be a bit sterile, yeah. right? Yeah. So when, as a customer, you're kind of getting the best of both worlds when you've got some people that really care about what they're doing and but making food that you can have every day of the week. Yeah. So what's your last two things? Have you got any yeah. plans for the future? Are you just keep going at what you're doing and trying to progress? And yeah, just trying to progress. Like after, um, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned the marathon before, and I was talking to a chef friend of mine who was, had just done a marathon and half marathon. So you know, <laughs> half marathon. I would fall apart at a full marathon. It was a half marathon. But anyway, yeah, go on. Yeah. But it, it's, it's something that you've worked towards and trained towards, and then that goal's been completed, and you go, all right, well, what do I do now? There's, a, there's this hole that's been left because I've just completed this goal that I've spent so much time working towards. Now what am I going to do next? So you kind of think, yeah, what am I going to do next? Um, obviously, the, the brewery is really exciting, and then we've got plans to expand some more venues and things like that. So oh, have you? That's really good, and that's there's some exciting, really exciting, exciting stuff coming yeah. uh, from there soon. But there's also, um, you know, there's still other things to to be to work towards. And to are you staying down the coast? Build. Are you going to stay down the coast? Living down the coast? Yeah, love it down there. It's, yeah, it's amazing. You know, I might start playing more golf and, and <laughs> things like that or might do a couple more competitions or, or stuff. So it's, you just kind of, after the competition, there's always a bit of, you know, self-reflection. What do mm. I do next? And um, same as probably felt after the, the half marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go, all right, well, that's done now. What am I going to spend that time doing yeah, yeah. moving forward For sure. that I dedicated to that? For sure. Well, enjoy it. That is for sure. Yeah. Time with the kids is never wasted time. That is for sure. Any time with them. Because they're not going to stay around small forever, as we all know. Yeah. And um, how can anyone find you? If like, Just repeat where you are at the restaurant and then at socials yeah. and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, so Southwest Brewery, S-O-U apostrophe W-E-S-T. So we're based in Torquay. Um, That's Australia, by the way. Torquay, Torquay Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get I've Googled it a couple of times and gotten the wrong Torquay. So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Torquay, Australia. And yes, Instagram, Alexander McIntosh, I think is... McIntosh, it's McIntosh. a good name. McIntosh, yeah. It's a good... <laughs> you must have a, a, an upgrade in a, in a plate. McIntosh. Yeah. Bring him up the front. Bring him up the front for sure. Well, listen, thank you very much for coming. I appreciate your time. It's a super interesting um, conversation. It goes to show how how big the competition is it gives us something the insight of it there might be someone there that listens and goes I wouldn't mind competing in that as well that's something that I yeah. would like to get involved in and it uh, goes to show that how, how we need to support our people more in this competition I think it's a it's a, it's a, it's a vital part of the culinary um, journey for Australia is to get more involved in that so yeah. good work for everyone that does do it amazing for everyone that volunteers the time and, and, and gives up their time with their family to try and push Australia along so yeah including yourself thank you very much for representing no worries thank you thanks for having me no drama great to catch up that's all folks